and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, pastor of Sacred City Church Davenport. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the normal rhythms of life. And this afternoon, I've got two of my pastoral residents with me. I've got Bryson and Kevin. Say hi. How's it going? And we are going to get into a topic that is a little divisive, a little controversial. It's a um, hot button issue in our culture. It's interestingly becoming a hot button issue for different reasons. I don't have time to go into that today. But what we're going to talk about is complementarianism and egalitarianism. Okay? Complementarianism and egalitarianism. Usually it comes across in the everyday, every man, every woman's languages, um, who leads the church, who can lead the church, can a woman lead the church, can a woman teach, can, why are only men pastors, what's it look like in a home, should men only lead, is that patriarchal, what do we believe about men and women and gender roles and all of this stuff? Well, all of those questions are interesting questions, but they all come out of this um, idea of complementarianism or egalitarianism. And ultimately, as Christians, we go to the Bible. Um, we don't go to our culture to, to answer those questions. What does a woman do? What is a woman for? What does a man do? What is a man for? Who can lead God's church? We don't answer those questions. We don't ask our college professors those questions or to answer those questions. We don't ask our media. We don't ask our neighbors. We ask God. We go to God's word. And so, Traditionally now, there are two ways of, in, of interpreting that, and they're called complementarianism and egalitarianism. Um, let me just kind of define these terms for us. Um, complementarianism, and I don't know how many times I'm going to have to say that, but it gets harder every time I say it. <laughs> complementarianism is, think of it as two people or things that are complementary so they're different, but they fit together. Think of it as, um, you know, well, I would say a male and a female. They're, they're similar, but they're different. And so when they come together, physically even, their bodies fit together in a very complementary way, right? So they form a useful or attractive combination of skills, qualities, or physical features. So uh, that's what it means to be compliment complimentarian gee money christmas thank you <laughs> is um compliment compliment all oh, complementarians <laughs> believe that men and women are both created from genesis 1 and 2 in the image of god and yet they were created uniquely so the man was created in one way and the female was created another way and those two um, ways of creation were meant to complement each other. Their physical features were meant to complement one another. Um, we could even say that maybe even their, their roles were meant to complement one another. And so just think about, um, generally speaking, men are shaped differently than females. Okay? We think that has something to do with their roles has something to say about their identities, has something to say what they're for. 
So we know statistically men have broader shoulders. They have their, they have, you know, they're, they're, they're bigger. Typically they're stronger. Typically they're faster. Typically, um, you can check the fastest woman in the world and the fastest man in the world. And the fastest man in the world is always faster than the fastest woman in the world. You know, check all the times and fastest miles and all this kind of stuff and strongest and everything. Can there be really strong women? Absolutely. There can be really strong women. But when you compare them, typically men are, uh, men are bigger, men are stronger, et cetera, et cetera. Women, they're created to have babies, right? And so they, that's something they can do that men cannot do. And so they have hips that move around and enable them. They have menstrual cycles. They have all of this kind of stuff. All of that is, is, um, speaks to one of the aspects of what a woman is for, right? And so physically, they're meant to complement one another. She's more nurturing. He's more, uh, he's stronger, more protecting, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So now that's just physically uh, scripture, um, speaks to some, some, also some complementary roles within, um, the household and within, um, the church as well. So, um, let's go to Ephesians 5, 22 through 33 there, Bryson, if we can. Okay. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Okay. <clears throat> so, here we see Paul riffing off of the Genesis crea- creation account and talking about men and women are, are created differently and they're meant to function differently in a complementary way within the home. Men are to lead and to initiate and to love their wife, and women are to sub- submit and support and uh, honor their husbands. Now, it's interesting the in Scripture, the man is never told to honor his wife, and the wife is never told to love her husband. It seems like the way most of us are created, that it's more natural for a wife to find loving her husband easy and honoring her husband difficult, hmm. And a man is told to love his wife because more than likely that's the hardest thing for him to do. It goes against his natural sensibilities and the, the way the fall has bent him to be more domineering and more aggressive and more productive probably and just to worry about a, a relationship that's um, productive for society or can make babies or whatever. The Bible says, nope, you're to love her like Christ loves the church. And so we see that there throughout Scripture there are some roles that are um, distinct, complementary between a male and a female. Now, they're not rigid roles. They, there is some fluidity between it, let's say. Let's, there is some soft edges around it. Um, there are some general princi- principles that we are to, to believe and to work through but there is, it's not hard and fast. 
men can only do this, bam. Women can only do this, bam. Now, there are a few things that, that, the apostle, that, that we're taught in the scripture. So anyways, that's the general principle of being of complementarianism. Men and women are equal in dignity, value, and worth, yet they are distinct in the way they've been created and in even the roles that they've been given. So we would say complementarianism is they're equal, but not equivalent. Okay, equal, mm-hmm. but not equivalent. Um, egalitarianism teaches that male and female are actually equivalent. The definition are is that all people are you know, and and they so egalitarianism goes even farther, not just male and female, but now it they they've swallowed hook, line, and sinker, the gender dysmorphia, gender confusion, sexual revolution, the whole deal. And they want to say that all people are created equal in every way. So they are equivalent. There is no distinction in function of gender roles. And women are able to hold every position that a man can have. They can do anything that a man can have. Um, they, they're even pushing for, science, you know, as soon as science, science can catch up, men can have babies and do the whole deal. I mean, it's mm. a man can be, you know, that's why we say, you know, they say if a, if a man becomes a, you know, through medical medical uh, intervention becomes female he's still not a female we would complementarians would say no he's still not a female and they would say yes he is a female he he believes he's a female he wants to be a female he's a female uh, egalitarians say yeah he can he can be whatever he wants to be um reason i brought up earlier that there's some confusion there is because with the transgender movement and all this kind of stuff um there's some fighting now in the egalitarian camp between true feminists who believe Men and women are, um, there is some difference between men and women, and yet they should still be able to do everything the same. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some fighting in that camp now because if a man becomes a woman, and yet that man has never had a menstrual cycle, he's never had a baby, is that, does that man really know what it feels like to be a woman? Is he really a woman? Et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to yeah. get into all that today. Probably shouldn't have gotten in that much. But anyways, egalitarians... Um, they believe all gender roles are cultural constructs. So a woman can do whatever she wants to do. A man can do whatever he wants to do. And it's up to them to decide how their house is going to look, how their, um, how their house is going to function, et cetera, et cetera. And then egalitarian churches believe men can be pastors. Women can be pastors. Men and women are just interchangeable um, they can do whatever they can. There's not distinct roles for each one of them. They can do basically whatever they want to do. <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> there's not, honestly, there's not much biblical support for egalitarianism. The best you're going to get is something like Galatians 3.28, or you're going to get something where um, <clears throat> Phoebe was a servant of the church, and servant means deacon. And we would clarify that, yep, uh, that is totally cool. Women, we believe at Sacred City, women can be deacons. We, women can lead in missional communities. Um, women can be, quote unquote, leaders in other areas of the church. But <clears throat> the Bible teaches that men only are to be elders. Men only are to be pastors. Um, Jesus chose men only to be his disciples. And <clears throat> that is not because men are better. Or smarter, or anything. It's because 
um, this is the way that God set it up. This is the way God wanted it to happen. Um, if God chose all women, then we would have all women pastors. But that's not the way um, God chose to, to set it up. Um, Timothy, Paul tells Timothy that in uh, Timothy chapter 2, let me go ahead and, and read it from First Timothy chapter 2. And let me say again, we hold to the authority of Scripture. Um, we don't hold to the authority of our culture that says it's somehow oppressive. So the, the negative words of you say something about complementarianism, they're going to talk about the patriarchy, men dominating, men, men ruling society. You talk about egalitarianism, you're going to lean towards more feminism, things like that, okay? <clears throat> Both of those can be characterized and just demonized and uh, we're hopefully going to break apart some of that but here's but we believe in the authority of scripture we go to scripture to get our marching orders okay mm -hmm. paul says this it's very clear he says let a woman learn quietly speaking to the church with all submissiveness i do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man rather she is to remain quiet now, I know we do not, that scripture, we do not like that scripture. That goes against our modern, postmodern sensibilities. He's talking about specifically, now, is he, he is not talking about a teacher in school. He's not talking about business. He's talking about the church. He says, men, elders, are called to lead and teach and shepherd the church. And so he does not allow a woman to teach men in the church and exercise authority over it. Now, why? Is that because he grew up in a patriarchal society and that's just the way it was in the first century? And so he's taking these principles from kind of archaic cultural principles? No. Listen to what he says in verse 13. So why does he say that? For Adam was formed first, then Eve. So Paul, writing to Timothy here, is taking th this principle that a woman should learn and listen in submissiveness and not exercise authority over man in the church, that principle is coming from the creation account. It's not coming from the culture. He's saying man was created first, then came Eve. Men were created to lead. Women were created to submit and help and, be, and help the, mm -hmm. the, the man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So again, he's going back to the original fall. And uh, so his argument is based in creation, okay? It's not based in the culture, right? Yeah. Where we would say, well, a woman, she can be a pastor. She can be a pastor because she's just as smart as a man. She's just as educated as a man. She's just as talented as a man. She's just as good a leader as a man. I could say, actually, maybe she's more. She might be more talented, you know, at Sacred City, we've got phenomenal female leaders. They, they, there's many w women here that could outteach their husbands. That's not the argument. The argument isn't who's better, who's more equipped, who's more talented. The argument is what does Scripture say, and the, the argument that Scripture makes is from creation. Men were created to lead in the church. Women were created to help, and it's the same thing in the home. Men were created to lead in the home. Women were created to help in the home. Now, here's the problem. This can go wrong 
in many different ways, right? When are we getting biblical principles and when are we getting our principles from the culture, okay? Because as soon as I say that, men are created to lead in the home and in the church. Women were created to submit and to help. Immediately, that might sound to you like a second-class, first-class citizen, second-class citizen. Men get to have all the fun. Men get to have all the authority. Men get to have all the power. And women are just going to shut up and sit down and just go along for the ride. Well, I agree. From our culture's perspective, that is what it sounds like. And also, it has been used that way before, and it's been misused that way before. And men have used these biblical principles to oppress women. That's, that's true. Um, it doesn't mean they've used these biblical principles in the correct way. Because when you start studying more particularly how men and women are meant to lead together in the home, and you start reading biblical narrative, you start realizing there are a lot of really strong women in Scripture who mm-hmm. do a lot of, quote-unquote, leadership. And yet they do it under, when they're doing it well, and they're not sinning, they do it under the authority of their husband. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we see this all the way through Scripture. So if we can't immediately go to, okay, what are you saying? Men go work and then women stay at home with the kids? No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what we're saying at all. I don't think the Bible specifically teaches that. Are women supposed to be primarily concerned with their home and with the upbringing of their children and with the, the, the making of a home and, and all that? Yes, absolutely. And supporting their husband, yes. But that does not mean that she cannot go out and work and have a career and, and have a job. The question remain, The question is, can she have a career while taking care of her home, submitting to her husband, being a good helpmate? And in today's society, it's becoming increasingly difficult because if a woman goes and gets a career, they treat her just like a man, right? And so they, they don't have any problem throwing overtime and throwing all this pressure and throwing all this stress on her. And then we've got kids involved in, you know, we're taking kids to and from to school and then we've got church activities and so the more responsibility a woman takes in the workplace, the more difficult it is to actually going to be able to care and nurture her home, mm-hmm. right? But even in that scenario, the man is still called to lead. So he's supposed to raise up his children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So it's not like he just hands off the responsibilities to her and he goes and works. No, he's supposed to oversee the discipleship of the children and make sure everyone in the family is being discipled. So, so the two primary ways of interpreting this, complementarianism and egalitarianism, um, there is almost no biblical support for egalitarianism. This is kind of the, the liberal tradition. The liberal tradition has embraced egalitarianism. And though there are some truths in it, so they're pushing away from, I would say, maybe a patriarchal, um, overly, you know, 1950s leave it to beaver version of the, the home. That was not a, it was maybe called 
um, biblical masculinity, biblical femininity, but it was more just conservative American or, or whatever, or whatever, or Victorian back in the day. They're pushing away from that, and rightly so. Um, they throw the baby out with the bathwater, and they say, there are no gender roles. You can be whatever you want to be. And that's creating a lot of confusion in our culture. It's creating a lot of um, two working parents that both are career focused and the kids go to babysitters all day or go to daycare all day. And the kids are ultimately not being discipled by their parents. Hmm. Um, they're being discipled more by their, their either their school, their after school program or their sitters. Why? So the parents can chase the Joneses so that parents could find their identities in their careers. And so I, I, when somebody asks me, you know, do you think a woman should wor- work outside the home? I'm always, that's always a personal question. It's always like, which woman, what kind of work, what are we talking about? How many kids, where are they at in, in their, in their life? We're talking about teenagers that are at school and work and gone. Are we talking about little kids? Who's raising the kids? That's the, f- the first question should be, who's raising the qu- kids and how is this, how is this working? Mm-hmm. Right? So, so what are some of the, other than the confusion and gender role confusion, some of the other cautions that come with egalitarianism? Well, one that's not being talked about enough, but a lot of sociologists are studying it. I read a pretty extensive book, two of them this year, one on premarital sex in America, second one on called The Boy Crisis is as women are embracing um, secular careers more and more, they are starting to act like men, is what the study says, use their sexuality like men, postpone marriage like men. Um, They are going going to college. They're outperforming men in college. So here's the problem. They're outperforming men in college. There's more women in college. So they're going to college, and now the, the, the ability to find a man who can out-earn them and out-perform them and out, you know, like who's le- out-leading them, it's more difficult to find. Mm. So it's actually hurting their chances to find a husband. It's actually, and they're a lot of times using their sexuality like a man, so having multiple partners during college, which is actually increasing their rate of depression. It's postponing them having a child. They search after the, the career, they realize the career doesn't really fulfill them. They want to have a child. Now it's so late in life, they can only have maybe one or two children. It is um, hurting It's hurting men, specifically. Um, it's hurt. There's a lot of different uh, implications from the way that we're doing this egalitarian um, in our, in our, egalitarianism in our society. It's hurting men's performance all across the board. Um, and it's ultimately hurting women as well because as women kind of are dominating and outperforming men right now um, and men are kind of taking a back seat, very few women really want a man who they outperform, mm-hmm. right? They want a man who leads them, who they feel like is, is an equal to them. So um, there's a lot. That's just off the top of my head. There's a, there's a lot of uh, negative repercussions. I've already talked about some of the stuff with the family and... Um, and uh, 
and ultimately in, in the in the church as well. You know, as men get more comfortable taking a back seat and letting women do things, they get kind of lazy and apathetic and a spiritually lazy man and a spiritually apathetic man is kind of a dangerous man. That's a man who's more prone to sin and more prone to abuse and more prone to drunkenness and alcohol and all these different negative things. And the church of Jesus Christ is meant to be led, led by strong, spiritually mature, biblically faithful men. So uh, I just think it's... And, and also, men are just afraid to be men now. I mean, and so what I mean by that is biblical masculinity could easily be labeled toxic masculinity by our society. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there is such a thing as toxic, toxic masculinity, and we reject toxic masculinity. We reject any abuse, any just, you know, overbearingness, uh, you know, anything like that. We, we, we reject, we, we think true masculinity looks like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Did that thing cause anything to pop into your mind? I mean, yeah. Well, the one thing I was thinking of, like, it almost feels like It's easy for men to push this on, like, women trying to – I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to think is men need to be men. Like, mm-hmm. this is where it's where it starts, being informed by Scripture and then men being men mm-hmm. and not being domineered by their wives or looking for the easy path or looking for uh, a life – where they're the ones that are provided for, or yeah, yeah, it just and seems it's not like hard. It's not easy. It's hard. Paul Paul has no problem saying that in First Corinthians, the last chapter of Corinthians, he just straight up says, "Act like men." Yeah, act like men, and we should be able to say that. And uh, we would tell ladies, "Act like a woman." Act like a lady, and we need biblical men and we need biblical women to complement one another, even in in their home, right? with their gifts and their talents and their strengths and their submissiveness and their honor and their love for one another. So our kids see a picture of the gospel as the church and Jesus function together. So husband and wife function together. It's Mm -hmm. meant to complement one another. And our kids need to see that. They don't need to see a domineering husband and a a milk toast mom. And they don't need to see a domineering, controlling, manipulative mom and a milk toast wuss dad who just lets mom do whatever what mom wants to do because he's afraid of getting in a fight. He's afraid yeah. of crossing her. Um, that's not bib- being a biblical man or that's not being a, a biblical woman. So um, so we are at Sacred City, we're complementar- compliment- complementarian. That's what we are at Sacred City. We believe that men were created with a certain function and women were created with a certain function and those roles are meant to operate in and uh, work work together in a home, and also work together in a church. So, let's uh, let's go through Acts twenty nine. The network we're a part of has got um, a statement on this, on what complementarian is and what it isn't. And I want I want us to read through this a little bit if we can. <clears throat> Bryson, here I'll have you read that paragraph here. We'll just go maybe a sentence at a time, and we'll break it down and discuss it. Okay. 
We are deeply committed to the spiritual and moral equality of male and female and to men as responsible servant leaders in both home and church. Okay, so you hear, we believe they're both equal, right? We believe they're both equal. We're not saying men are better than women, right? And men are called to be servant leaders in the home and in the church. Okay, keep going. Both men and women are together created in the divine image and are therefore equal before God as persons possessing the same moral dignity and value and have equal access to God through faith in Christ. Okay, again, equal. Mm. Keep going. Men and women are together the recipients of spiritual gifts designed to empower them for ministry in the local church and beyond. Therefore, women are to be encouraged, equipped, and empowered to utilize their gifting and ministry in service to the body of Christ and through teaching in ways that are consistent with the Word of God. Okay, so let me just pause right there. <clears throat> I had somebody recently ask me, what is the role of a female MC leader? <clears throat> and at first, I was kind of taken aback because it's almost the same as, um, uh, I, I didn't really have a category for it. I was just like, an MC leader is an MC leader. Mm-hmm. I've never said men only teach and women don't do that and women take care of the food schedule or something like that. A, man, a husband and a wife, as they're leading a missional community together, they lead that missional community together. Now, I do expect um, the husband to be leading his wife well, right? But if she's an amazing teacher in that scenario, if she's better than he is in that scenario, then let her teach missional community. Let her teach the lesson in missional community. She's under his authority. He's there, right? If something goes wrong, he says something. He he can say, oh, actually, that's not quite accurate or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's totally fine. If she's the relational wizard and she's super, you know, she can gospel people, then let her lead that way. How you lead and function within the body of a missional community is really dependent upon your own personal spiritual gifts, mm. right? But it doesn't it doesn't allow him to stay home and let her lead MC, right? Yeah. He's still responsible, right? He's still the leader, and she is leading with him. Let me change the scenario a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, I don't even know if there are any single women in missional community leadership at Sacred City. But does that look any different in that scenario, or? It could, yeah, it could. So, it would be. So if 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 she was a, if she was single in missional community and she was leading, and there was married couples in there, then she would be more than likely leading under the authority of the elders. So mm. we would be making sure that she's teaching accurately or whatever. Sure. It's, but it, so we would we would be that. There's some uh, male oversight. There. Yeah. 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 And that's how it all, I mean, that's all of our MCs. It's not just girls. Like Mm -hmm. the men can't teach anything that the elders haven't approved. Right. Right. Or we're going to, because we're going to have some, we're going to have some conversations if that's going on, you know, because we are, we are responsible for what is being taught in our missional communities. Mm -hmm. The elders are responsible to God. So keep reading. Both husbands and both husbands and wives are responsible to God for spiritual nurture and vitality in the home, but God has given to the man primary responsibility 
to lead his wife and family in accordance with servant leadership and sacrificial love characterized by Jesus Christ. That's it. Men are responsible. Men carry the primary weight. They will stand before God um, on how well they love their wife, how well they lead their family. And um, this is the principle of headship that runs all the way through uh, the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament. And um, this is uh, key to complementarianism. Keep going. This principle of male headship should not be confused with nor give any hint of domineering control. Rather, it is to be the loving, tender, and nurturing care of a godly man who is himself under the kind and gentle authority of Jesus Christ. Okay, we need to read that sentence again. Okay. So, being the leader in your home is not being a bull in a china shop, is not always getting your way, is not you make every decision as the man, is not you tell everybody else what to think and what to feel and what we're going to do and where we're going to go. It is not you run a little f- your own little fiefdom, your own little kingdom, and everybody submits to you. Submission is not subjugation. Submission is not, woman, you heard what I said. There is, that is ungodly. That is not biblical submission. I want you to hear exactly how we phrase that. Read it again, Bryson. Rather, it is to be the loving... Ten- no, read the first part too. Okay, the principle of male headship should not be confused with, nor give any hint of domineering control. Rather, it is to be the loving, tender, and nurturing care of a godly man who is himself under the kind and gentle authority of Jesus Christ. Man. Loving, tender. I mean, think of the way that we, way that a, you know, a husband is from a farming metaphor. It's from the way you tend a plant. You know, you have to be tender with a plant, kind, nurturing. That's the way we're meant to lead in our home. That's what male leadership looks like in the home. Um, And our job is to allow things through the Spirit of God to flourish. So quite simply, we're to lead like Jesus leads us. The tender mercies that Jesus has shown to us, that's how we are to lead in our homes and also in the church. Uh, the elders of each local church have been granted authority under the headship of Jesus Christ to provide oversight and to teach and preach the Word of God in corporate in the corporate assembly for the building up of the body. The office of elder slash pastor is restricted to men. Mm-hmm. So, one of the chief callings of the elder. An elder is to be a husband of one wife, showing us that the office of elder is reserved only for males. Why? That's what God said. I think it's because of the office of headship. Adam came first. Adam was the federal head. If you trace it all the way down through the Old Testament, um, you've got male leadership all the way through. Are there some instances where females step up and do extraordinary things like Deborah and Esther, yes. But as soon as, it's usually because a male refused to step into the role. He refused to, there's no good men, basically. And so a woman has to step in and kind of act like a man for a season. But then as soon as a biblically qualified man shows up, she steps back 
and allows him to lead. We see that all the way through the Old Testament. We see all the way through the New Testament, Jesus choosing 12 disciples, every church planter, every apostle, every disciple, every elder was a man. And then we do see Phoebe and we see these different people. We see deaconesses. We see female servants. We see females being a part of the church and serving the church and using spiritual gifts in the church. And, and, and we see all this. So it is not saying that, you know, the, the church is just a male only club or something, but the church is meant to be led. And then of course the son of God came as a son, right. And not as a daughter, right. Because of the way the covenant runs through headship, right. That's how the way the covenant cuts. So, so in our society today, I mean, listen, there's a lot of different ways that complementarianism can go wrong and it can turn into abusive, bullyish, um, you know, you're telling me that, that, you know, my daughter can't be what she wants to be. Well, yeah, that is true. We, we are saying that. And so there's some people that, that, that want to lie to their children and tell their daughters that they can be whatever they want to be in their life. You can grow up and be whatever you want to be. Um, I, I think it's a general, as a general principle, we shouldn't lie to our children. Um, your daughter can't grow up to be an offensive tackle for the Chicago Bears. Okay? You tell her she can, you're lying to her. Um, she's not physically made for it. Um, can she do amazing things? Absolutely, she can do amazing things. I'm not saying she can't be amazing. But she should not aspire to the office of elder because she's not a man. She should aspire to the office and office of deacon. She should aspire to be a loving, supportive spouse. She should not aspire to be a man. Now, again, this is for the church. This is for the Christian home. We're not speaking about the culture. We're not saying she can't be president. She can be president. She can be a CEO. She can be all of those things. We're not saying any of those things. Um, we're, we're saying the Bible teaches a specific way of male and female relating in the Christian home and relating in the church, and it's to be governed by the Word of God, and we believe the best um, understanding of that comes through what we call complementarianism. So that's what, um, that's just rough, some rough principles of that, of complementarian and egalitarianism. Um, there's a lot of different questions. You know, um, there's a lot of different questions. There's a lot of different ways this can go wrong. If you've got guys got questions out there, send them in, ask us. I would love to do a follow-up podcast on this and kind of explain maybe um, explain it in, in greater detail or answer some questions. But we we love the women at Sacred City. We have amazing female leaders at Sacred City. We don't... So we've had like uh, women teach women, like a women's ministry type of thing. 100% on board for that. We've never had a woman preach on Sunday. Um, because I think that's primarily the office of an elder, and that's my role. Now, I wouldn't be totally against it. If I had a biblically qualified teacher and she's teaching under my authority, I'd be totally okay with that. But the role and the office of the elder is reserved for man, and that is that is primarily and specifically what the Bible teaches. And so we have to be really care, careful with the egalitarian influences that we're getting uh, from our culture. And um, 
yeah, I think that's in general, I think that's maybe a, a brief introduction. I've got, there's a lot more scriptures I could talk about. There's a lot more books I could recommend. So if you've got any questions on this, um, you guys can email us at sacred at Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com and hopefully we can um, answer those questions for you. Uh, we love you guys and hopefully this is help, helpful. God bless. Mm-hmm.